Good morning, everyone. It is great to be with you this morning. Listen, we need to pray for Pastor Kyle. The stomach bug has hit his house. So I got to call it at like 10.45 p.m. Can you preach for me? I am here at your beck and call. Yes, I will. I'm glad to. So we're, we're praying. I, I prayed on the way here. I said, Lord, make me awake, alert, and alive. Right? How many knows when you let your guard down, that's when the enemy can attack? Right? But in our weakness, Jesus is strong. So I'm trusting in the strength of God today, believing that God specifically has ordained this day for you to hear this message from me. I believe that for you. And so can you pray with me? Thank you, Lord. Father, first of all, we lift up our precious Pastor Kyle and his family. Lord, we pray, God, your healing hand to be upon his household. We pray, God, that you would heal them all. And God, bring, Lord, wholeness to that household. God, I pray, God, that this stomach bug would be cast out in Jesus' name. We take authority over all sickness. Lord, the authority that you've given us in your name. And we pray, God, that you would bring healing to that house. And we thank you for Pastor Kyle. Father, we pray this morning has a purpose that you have ordained. And God, your word shall go forth and it shall accomplish that for which you sent it. So God, let your word go forth like seed in the hands of the farmer. Let it be planted upon tilled ground and fresh soil, Lord God, today, the soil of our hearts, let it be prepared and ready. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, we're in this awesome series, the book of John and the I am sayings of Jesus. If it wasn't clear, first of all, let's hear it for uh, last week's message. Amazing on I am the bread of life with Pastor Edder. Amazing. But when Jesus said, I am, seven times in the book of John, he was proclaiming that which, he, which God said to Moses. When Moses prayed, said, God, who do I tell the children of Israel sent me? And God spoke to him clearly, tell them, I am who I am. And this same translation of I am in the New Testament, in the book of John, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders knew exactly what Jesus was saying when he said those two words, I am. And so we're here today to talk about Jesus when he said, I am the light of the world. You know, 39 years ago, I came out of darkness into light. I was bound up in darkness. You know, darkness is not just the absence of light. Darkness is deception. It's confusion, right? It's, it's non-clarity. It's, and, and, and the Lord just invaded my life 39 years ago, and I was translated in, in 1 Peter 2.9. It says, for you are a holy nation, a peculiar people who, who proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And for 39 years, I've been proclaiming the good news that Jesus 
can transfer us, can translate us, can bring us all the way from the pits of darkness, no matter what that is or was in your life, all the way into light and revelation and illumination and life and love and all the things that God has for us in his kingdom. So my key scripture this morning is John 8, 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. A few words about this saying here. First of all, I said it before, when he said I am, he's declaring his own deity. He is the light. And he is not just the light, he is the light for all. Whosoever would follow him would not walk in darkness. His heart is that all would have this testimony. I was blind, but now I see. I was in darkness, but now I've come into the light. The way that we stay out of darkness is to follow Jesus. That means we follow his word. We pray, we stay close to him. We listen to his voice and the leading of his Holy Spirit. I believe that Jesus came so that we would no longer walk in darkness. The darkness of sin, the darkness of not understanding life, the darkness of despair, depression, and oppression, the darkness of confusion and deception. So many voices vying for our attention and not knowing which one to follow because the light has come. Jesus Christ has come to bring life and this light illuminates our path. One of my favorite scriptures, and it really could be my testimony, is in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. It says this, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Isn't that awesome? That God has brought us all the way out of darkness forgiven our sins, purchased our freedom, and brought us into his kingdom. That's the mighty hand of God for all those that would just let him. For all those that would just let him say, Lord, I am lost. I am drowning in my darkness. God, would you come and rescue me? Would you come and translate me and transfer me out of this place where I am and bring me into your kingdom? When I came to Jesus 39 years ago, I was living in that darkness and deception. Every part of me was longing for the next party, the next high, the next buzz, but it was leading me down a dark tunnel. How many know the party starts, but the party ends when it starts to become dark? Come on. When you start to feel the addiction, when you start to feel the dependence, when you start to need what you thought was a party and you're starting to need it for your own health, you think this is going to make me feel normal again the next buzz I get, the next high I get. We think we're deceived into thinking that's normal. And we think that we got to just live for the next thing because this life is so hard and everybody does it. But listen, 
my Lord transferred me into the kingdom of his, of his dear son. The devil will always take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than you wanted to stay. But Jesus rescued me from the kingdom of darkness and translated me into his kingdom. You know, I love that we're studying the book of John because John is one of the best books of the Bible to read because it's a love story. How many of you love a good love story? Come on, usually it'd be like, well, the women would be like, yeah, I love a story. My husband will not watch the movies with me, all these love stories. Some, but some, some men really like them too. But this love story in the book of John, it's the greatest story that's ever been told of the love that God has for us, and it's demonstrated through Jesus Christ. Everyone loves a good love story, the kind that turn out good in the end. But as Pastor Edder said last week, toward the end of the book of John, he states the very purpose of why he wrote it. In other words, it does have a good ending. John chapter 20, the chapter before the end of the book, in verse 31, he says, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. God's plan for our life is believing in Jesus, but that we have life in his name. It's not just that he transferred us out of this mess that we were in and then left us alone. He infuses our hearts with life. He he gives us a brand new start. He puts his heart in us. It's no longer I that liveth, but it's Christ that liveth in me. And the life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's a whole lot more than just being taken out of the mess. It's, he takes us out of the mess and he brings us into glory. Somebody needs to hear that. He takes us out of the mess and he brings us into glory. And I'm not talking about the glory of heaven, even though that's coming someday. I'm here to say revelation and light and illumination is the glory of God. When God begins to reveal himself to you, it's the very glory of God that's revealed. Thank you, Lord. So God said in John 1, 4, it says in him, John said, in him was life, speaking of Jesus, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And then in verse nine, it says, this was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. You see, he doesn't just take us out of darkness. into He puts light in us. We're not just in the light. He puts light in us. Isaiah prophesied at 700 years before Jesus came in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2 when he said, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shined. This verse in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 is the one that preceded a few verses later in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 
when, when he prophesied, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. He was speaking of light coming into the world 700 years before Jesus was born. The babe in Bethlehem, Isaiah prophesied that he is the light that's coming into the world. In a world filled with darkness, Darkness, spiritual blindness, confusion, deception, and destruction. There is a light that has come into the world. It shines and it brings life. And his name is Jesus. And he deserves all our praise and glory and honor. Here's my first point. Wait, that, that was quick. I thought my intro was quick. Last time it was like really long. Point number one, the light of Jesus exposes darkness. It's not just the darkness of our past. As we walk with him, he exposes darkness. We see it in our, on our path. We see it in other people. We see it everywhere we go. We see it in corporate business. We see it in politics. We see it everywhere. And God exposes it. But it's not exposed to everyone. It's exposed to us. You see, those that are in darkness believe that they're in the light. They believe that they're fine. Everything's fine. I'm, this, is, this, is, this is my truth. This is what I believe. This is where I am in life. This is my plan. To them, it's light. But when we come into the light, out of the darkness, we now see the difference between light and darkness. And suddenly we see like the world is split in two. There's those that know God and those that don't know God. And then our heart gets a burden for those that don't know God. And that's why we have a call as a church to go into all the world and preach the gospel and tell people of Jesus. Because we've got a burden. This is not just the job that we do that we've got to knock on doors so that we can gain points in heaven. No, our points have already been gained by Christ 2,000 years ago. We already have our ticket into heaven. But God is calling us as a church to reach people because our heart breaks for them. There's a story of Jesus. He's in the synagogue and he's preaching to them telling them the good news and healing all kinds of manner of diseases, people in the synagogue. But it says, but when he looked out to the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because he saw people as sheep without a shepherd. You see, we're not just here having a good time hooting and hollering for Jesus all alone. Our heart burns for people that are in the multitude that are out there. We want to see people come into the kingdom of God. We want to see people delivered out of darkness and coming all the way in to their calling and to what God has for their lives. But the light of Jesus exposes darkness. How do you expose darkness? How do we end darkness? Simply you turn on the light. You turn on the light. You wake up. You come alive in Jesus. Turn on the switch. When we receive Christ, we receive the light of heaven. 
He is so bright and so wonderful. His light is more powerful than any light on earth. His light is the light of heaven. There's no need for the sun. There's no need for the moon because Jesus is the light of heaven. It's in Revelation 21. You know, the book of Revelation was written by the apostle John. And it's not just hooting and hollering about getting some revelation from God. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And here in Revelation 21, he says, the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The lamb is its light. Jesus is the light of heaven. And the light of Jesus breaks through every darkness. There's no darkness too dark that God can't reach. There's nobody that's down too deep that Christ can't get to them. Because he is the ultimate light that breaks through every darkness, every evil, every sin, every stronghold, every lie, every deception, every confusion, every earthly plan. His light exposes the enemy. Then he, the devil has to flee because he's found out. His schemes are uncovered. His plans to destroy you are stopped but Jesus doesn't stop there and then Jesus brings life in every place where we were deceived lost groping in the darkness looking for satisfaction in all the wrong places and he fills us with himself my God that's good news the light of Jesus exposes darkness and no matter what you might be walking through, you could pray and say, oh, light of heaven. If what I'm doing and what I'm endeavoring to do is not of you, then show me. Can I share a story with you? Well, you have no choice. <laughs> I, I have to share the story because I want to share the story. So me and my brother have this relationship. It's, it's kind of shallow. I hope Billy's not listening. I love you, Bill. I, well, actually, I do hope he's listening. No, we, we have this relationship that was born out of drinking. Come on, being born and raised in a German family, you drink a lot of beer. Hello? Not anymore, though. And music. My brother's an amazing electric guitar player. I played drums growing up. You see everything, little Lenny, little Lenny. Lenny Jr. plays. I've already done it. <laughs> Taught him everything he knows. Now that's a lie, and God is exposing it. <laughs> that is a lie. Turn the light on. Turn the light on, Lenny. So anyway, my, my brother and I, from the time we were little kids, would go down to the basement and play, cranking up the volume and playing rock and roll. And So when I turned 18, when drinking age was 18, we started a, a band that played out in bars in New York because the legal drinking age was 18 back then. And, um, and that was from the time I was 18 to 22, and then I got saved at 22. And... Um, so we, that band had broken up, and then a couple years later, I mean, I'm struggling. Jerry and I, you know, 
She's a stay-at-home mom. Uh, we've got one child and another one on the way, and um, we need money. And so my brother calls me, says, hey, you want to join this new band that I'm going to be in? And, you know, this, this guitar player and this keyboard player and this other guy over here, and they were all really good musicians. And he asked me if I wanted to play. I said, Shh, uh, hold on, let me get back to you. So, you know, we rationalize. We reason it out. We talk to ourselves about it. But we forget to talk to God about it. So all I could see was cha-ching, cha-ching. Right? A gig, give me a few hundred bucks. Uh, this will work really well. I need money. I mean, after all, God's a provider. Right? See, we rationalize. And so we started practicing in the studio. And the band was hot. And we were getting ready to start booking, to book some things. And I was out after we finished the practice at the studio. And we were packing up the, the van with the equipment. And I felt like the Lord impressed on my heart. Lenny, if I came tonight, would you be ready? And I said, I don't know. And I felt this. This was my own personal conviction. I'm not putting this on you. But my own personal conviction was what I was doing was on the dark side. The dark side. You, this is personal conviction. Is that okay? I'm, I'm, I'm letting you in on my story. Um, this, is my rea this was my reality 35 years ago. Uh, I'm putting the equipment away and I'm like, I'm stopped in my tracks and I'm like, this is on the dark side. Maybe it's a little bit over the precipice of light versus dark because I'm rationalizing the money and all this. And, and, the, and that was the end of it for me. <laughs> a year later, we walked into a church. We hid in the back. <laughs> and they had this call for whoever wanted to get involved in the church. Fill out the form. What do you do? What are you good at? So I wrote on there that I, I'm into music and play drums and that kind of thing. They call me up the next day and say, can you come on Wednesday night and play after the end of the service? Because we had Wednesday night service. I said, okay. Now, I hadn't played in four years. I was rusty. And they called me, and they called me up to, serve, up to, the, to the platform after the end of the service to play, like, the last song. And after I played, they, she was like, okay, you're good. You're hired. You're good. All right, we got another drummer. I was like, and then from there, God started to move in my life in music ministry. Um, I don't know if you know Gary Oliver from Texas and from Oklahoma and all these places. Gary Oliver became our worship leader. We played with him. We started recording. All these wild, awesome God things started happening. And God just started moving in music ministry. Then, my, then I started leading worship on guitar. Now my kids were little. They're growing up, seeing their dad. Not playing in the world, but playing for Jesus, for the glory of God, on the light side, not on the dark side. And all my kids have been raised in music ministry, and you get to reap the benefits of them every Sunday morning here at LifeCo. Because we've got to make decisions that are on the light side. Man, maybe that should have been the title of my message. Point number two. 
The light of Jesus expels fear. Man, there is nothing that you need to fear. Come on, we all have those stories when we go down in the basement. My mom used to have this pantry down in the basement with all her homemade um, pickles and, and, and jarred jellies and all this stuff. And, you know, she would ask me, Lenny, could you go get a jar of pickles down the basement um, for dinner? And, you know, it's dark and it's dark in the basement. In New York, the basements are underground completely, so it's really dark down there. And so to get from the door to the room that the, that where the pickles were, it was like 10 feet, and it's the pull string of the light. And, and so I, I go over there, and I, 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 I'm like, you know, you run to the pull string, and then you can't find it. It's like, where is the pull string? And I finally find it. I pull the pull string, grab the, the jar of pickles, and then I'm like ready. I'm like, this ready to make a dash with the with the draw with the string. Come on, you're laughing because you've done it. I pull the string and I dart for the steps. And even if the light of the steps was on, it didn't matter. There was some creature from some movie that I watched that past week that was behind the shelf and was about to get me on my rear end and about to bite me or do something to me. And so I ran like the Dickens. Are you allowed to say that in church? I ran like the Dickens up the steps. And you get to the top of the steps. Woo. Uh, Lenny, what's the matter? Nothing. 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 Here's your pickles. But we've all been there. But listen, when we come to the light, you don't need a pull switch. The light of God is honey inside of you. And no matter where you walk, he is with you. You are no longer walking in darkness, but you're walking in light. I, I really marvel sometimes what, you know, I've got this big basement. And, you know, they got to go turn the lights off in sequence over here, then over here, then by the steps to shut them all off. And um, kind of just making my way up the steps now. No fear. No creatures from the movie I watched going to get me. <laughs> Nothing that I imagined in my mind is going to get me. Because God is with me. You need not fear for the Lord thy God is with thee. Be strong and courageous and be not afraid like Pastor Edder said. We need not be afraid. As the light of Jesus expels fear. Psalm 27 in verse 1 says this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Come on, now that creature's falling behind me and not getting to me, right? Whether it's real or imagined, that enemy can no longer touch us because we've been covered in the blood of Jesus and we are in covenant with him. And part of this covenant is that he covers us and we need not fear. Let me finish the, the, the segment of scriptures. 
Verse 3, though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. When you've got the light of God on the inside of you, you walk with a confidence. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. You try to come against me, well, you're going to flee seven ways. You're going to come at me one way and flee seven ways. I'm going to draw near to God and he's going to draw near to me. I'm going to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. In the presence of God is no devil or demon or anything else like it. Somebody needs to hear that. The devil cannot stand to be in the presence of God. And when the presence of God and the light of God and the life of God is on the inside of you, the enemy must flee. Can't be in the same place as an almighty, powerful God. Listen, as you grow up, it's no longer creatures you fear. It's your finances and your health. It's your children's well-being and your job and your relationships, your future. I'm here to say that the light of Jesus will shine on every part of your life and bring you life. Fear is the most paralyzing force on earth. It causes us to do things we shouldn't do. It makes people hide away. It prevents people from living an abundant life. It makes people a slave when Jesus came to set them free. Listen, for me, it was actually the fear of death that actually brought me to Jesus. Because Jesus will even use the fears in our life that when we give it over to him, Lord, I'm afraid of this. Oh, let me go back to your promise. Of whom shall I be afraid? My heart shall not fear. Lord, I'm afraid of this. Go back to the word. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Be not afraid. Lord, Lord, Lord I don't know about this. And you hear Jesus say, fear not. And for me, when my father was 50 years old and I was 22, he had a heart attack and he was going to have double bypass surgery. And I was like, I didn't know if he was going to die on the operating table or what it was. So the fear of death and what happens after we die, that fear actually drove me to Jesus. I prayed, God, please heal my dad. Please bring him through the surgery. But little did I know that God was about to do a heart transplant on me just by praying and saying, God, let your light shine into this dark place. God, it feels, I feel lost. I feel afraid. What's going to happen to dad? And then the Lord comes in and he does so much more than we could ever ask or imagine. And he takes my heart out so to speak, and he puts in me a brand new heart and changes my life from the age of 22 to here I am today. And God uses fear. Come on, God will use fear. God will use all the things that we walk through in life. In order, when we look to him, he says, I'm your strength. I'm the one who's going to set you free. I'm the one who's going to be with you through troubled times. I'm the one who stands with you in the midst of your fire. I'm the fourth man in the fiery furnace. I'm here. I'm going to deliver you out. And you're going to come through without the smell of smoke. 
I'm going to bring you all the way through and show you my salvation. What God can do for those that call upon him. We underestimate the power of God. We say, oh, I'm just afraid. Let me just go hide in the corner somewhere. Call upon the name of the Lord and watch him move in your life. Here's, here's, my, here's my comment. Ready? Shine the light and you'll see there's nothing to fear. How do I shine the light, Pastor Lenny? He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Shine that light. Don't cower under fear. Don't give into a spirit of fear. Shine the light. Walk with Jesus. Stay close to him. Draw near to him. Let him fill your life with, with light, illumination, clarity. Shine the light and you'll see there's nothing to fear. I'm going to say it again. Shine your light and you'll see that there's nothing to fear. Wow. God gave me that at about 3.30 a.m. Shine the light. Mm. Here's point number three. The light of Jesus illuminates our path and brings a revelation of his word. Very familiar verse, Psalm 119.105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Well, I don't know which way to go, Jesus. What's your will? It's your will. Open up the word. Open up the word of God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I don't know how this decision I got to make. I don't know. Well, what does the word say? Well, I need a revelation from God. I need a prophecy. No, open the book. Open the book. Let the prophecy be a confirmation, but open the book. Get a word from God personally first. Know what the Lord is saying to you. And then move on it. We're called to reflect. I'm sorry. The, the light of Jesus illuminates our path and brings revelation of his word. There are a million paths that your life can take. A million paths. But God has a plan. And Jesus desires to direct you and lead you as your shepherd, even if you're here this morning and you say to me, Pastor Lenny, I've completely botched up my life. My life is a, is a mess, a royal mess. <laughs> I'm here to say the Lord's able to reroute you back to where you're supposed to be. Even if I go to the left and if I go to the right a little bit, he directs my steps by his word and he illuminates my path. It's kind of like, you know, that old dance game. You got to go there and the light goes over here and you got to move your foot over here and the light goes over here while you're dancing to the tune. I've never played that game. But you know, he illuminates your steps. If we would acknowledge him in all of our ways, he will direct our path. Listen, that also tells me that I'm on a path. I'm not sitting back saying, well, you know, when God wants to move, he can move my life. No, start moving. 
start moving. And even if you get off, God will direct you because he directs our path. That means that you're on a path, that you're following a path. You're going in a direction, even if that direction is long. If you acknowledge him in all of your ways, he will direct your path. Man, all it takes is acknowledgement, Lord Jesus. Uh, Lord, are you there? Yeah, okay. Lord, is this right? Is this right? Should I do this? Should I marry this one? Should I go there? Should I do this? Let him direct you. Take it from somebody who's known and learned the hard way over 39 years. Huh. The light also brings revelation to our spirits. When we need a word from God, we could just pray, Lord, reveal your word to me by the power of your Holy Spirit. Listen, you know, you know who my interpreter is of this Bible? The Holy Spirit. Well, let me, let me look up so-and-so. He's on TV a lot. What does he say about this scripture? Pray and ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, direct me. Illuminate your word. Light it up. Let the words jump out of the page. Show me what you're saying to me. Show me what you're saying to the church. You know, seven times and nine times in the book of Revelation, different ways, uh, the writer John says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We've got to stop long enough to say, God, what are you saying? I want to hear your word. I want to know your word. Stop. Keep, you know, the reason why people don't have peace is because they keep doing their own thing. And they live in a kingdom that belongs to God where he is to be Lord. When we confess him as Lord, we need to make him Lord and let him be the master of our lives, guiding us and directing our steps, illuminating the path before us. That's where peace is. Whew. Point number four. We are called to reflect the light of Jesus to a dark world. My last point. Matthew 5, 14. Jesus said this, you are. Let me stop right there. You are. Don't you love it when God tells us who we are? <laughs> I need to hear who I am. Because I'll get confused myself about who I am. Am I this? Am I like this person? Am I supposed to do this thing that this other person does? Am I, am I supposed to copy this sermon that I heard on YouTube? Let me tell you something. I do not copy anyone he's serving. Even Pastor Kyle sent me a sermon last night at 10.45 p.m. And I, I gleaned four scriptures from it. So I am using it. Four scriptures. But that's it. Huh. Let the Holy Spirit reveal and now know that you are the light of the world. That word light is the same as when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He said, you are the light of the world. Are we the same as Jesus? No, we could like it unto the sun and the moon where the sun is the main light, but it ref the moon reflects the light. And in dark places, it shines a light. 
and that's who we are to be. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Amy's going to say, love it, that I said all. All in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When Jesus said, I am the light, in the same way, you are the light. You bring light to darkness. In a world and a culture that's trying to define and identify us with what is not true, it's so powerful when God says to us, this is who you are in truth. Look at what Paul said to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5.5. For you are, somebody say I am. Look, God says you are and then you say the I am. Isn't that cool? You are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Don't hide yourself away. Light is not meant to be covered up, but exposed so that the whole house can benefit from the light. You've come out of darkness, now live in the light. Let people see you are who you are. Reveal Jesus in your character and who you are to others, your actions. My last point is this. Don't let the devil put your fire out. There's a light in every single one of you. Don't let the devil put your fire out. I don't care how small the ember is. One little piece of orange. Paul told Timothy, fan the flame of the gift of God that is in you. I got to do that in my fireplace sometimes. (laughs) Fan the flame. I don't care how low that ember is. I don't care how small it is. Fan the flame of the gift of God that is in you. Don't let the devil snuff you out. The devil wants to snuff you out. He wants to stop the very work that God's going to do through you. You all coming into this light and into the kingdom is for the purpose that God is going to use you mightily. So the devil is on notice to stop what God wants to do through you. And so through discouragement and through fear and through other things, he's looking to take that little piece of orange ember and put it out. But I'm here to give you good news this morning. Is that okay? Matthew 12, 20. Thank you for good news, Jesus. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out till he has brought justice through to victory. 
This is speaking of Jesus and his love for you. You might be a bruised reed in the wind. Something broke in you. And the wind is blowing upon you. And it seems like it'll just break off. But my Bible says he won't. A bruised reed. He will not break completely. And a smoldering, a smoking flax or a smoldering ember, a wick, he will not snuff out. God, God is on your side. Jesus wants to see that flame come alive again. He wants to see that flame grow up from an ember, come on, to a flame, to a blaze. He wants to see you alive and on fire for God once again, where you were at one time in your life. I don't know when that was, but God is looking to blow the wind of the Spirit upon that ember in you. And don't let the fire go out any longer. Let God move in your life and breathe in you and bring that flame back again. You'll really shine the light of Christ with the fire of God on the inside of you. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have called us and spoken over us that we are the light of the world. And so, God, I pray that each individual person here would be able to say with you, I am the light of the world. I'm called to shine my light wherever I go. I'm called to be the difference because Jesus, the light of the world, has come to this dark world. Lord, I pray, God, that you would put, Lord, a new fire, an increased fire in your people this morning, God. Lord, let them, Lord, look to you, God, just simply following you and not walking in darkness any longer, but simply following you. And the light of God will be in them, shining. Father, I pray that over this great church, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen.